It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, hi, great to be with you again. And uh, here we are. Um, I think about the fourth week, third week, into a new series called Who You Are When No One's Looking. Now, it just so happens that this week is my first week as the new State Executive Director for Teen Challenge. The Teen Challenge works with, with a rehab down in Esperance. And it's interesting because we're dealing with young people, and not so young people, older people too, who've got broken lives, who've lives that have crushed and burnt and, and they've found different ways of actually surviving. And one of the things that we do, which is really crucial, is that we take them through lessons, which are 50 characters, because we really believe that it's your character that determines not just your future, but how you live in the world that you're living. And if we can change character, we can change some destructive habits. So character is a significant thing to me. And so as we're looking at today, looking at a particular character, which I believe could change not just your life, but the whole atmosphere around you. So to start off with, let me read a psalm to you. It's a good psalm, and if we read it, the psalms were written by people like King David, who back in many, many years ago would have been facing different issues. And he was facing a few when he wrote this. And it goes like this, Psalm 100. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. If you read that and read that and meditate on that, you can't help but something just bubbles up inside you. And there's a character issue right in the middle of that, which is so important to life and well-being. Now, a few weeks ago, and I can't tell you why because it's a long story, but I end up getting myself a new phone. I also end up getting myself a new iPad, which I was pretty excited about. But there's one thing about getting a new phone and a new iPad or any other computer system. It's that when you sit down and you start downloading things, it asks you for the password. And I always go, oh, what was that password? And you're going through all your different passwords to try and find out how do I unlock this new, exciting iPhone, iPad, and all the apps that we've got. Well, one particular app, which is my favorite app, is my Bible app. And I was trying to get the password to my Bible app. 
Oh, I was getting pretty frustrated, I can tell you, because I was trying all the passwords I could think of because I haven't had this downloaded this for probably about five years. And I eventually worked out that I was giving the wrong email address on the, um, the membership thing. And it was an email address that I used in my previous employment that's now been disconnected. So to ask for your password to come to your email that doesn't exist, I started to get really frustrated. Good news is I worked it out. We managed to get the password. So it took me a day to send an email to the company to get them to release a new one and, and then trial over again. You, you've, I'm sure you've been there. It can be quite frustrating. And I want to tell you today that sometimes, just like in The Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf is standing there at the place um, about to enter this rock, the gates of Moriah, and he's trying and he sees this sign. It says, speak friend. And he's trying to work out, well, what's this secret riddle? And he's working through all these different passwords and he can't get into this new adventure, this new life, this passageway to that which they're trying to find until finally he works out what the riddle is. Works out that the word friend in his language of that time was actually Milan. And as soon as he said that, the doors opened up. I want to give you a password today. A password, I think, can open up a whole new world. A password that I think has changed and I've seen lives changed when people grab hold of this particular password. Psalm 104, it's right in there, but let me read it to you from the message version. It says this, enter with the password. Here it comes. It says, enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourself at home. Talking praises, thanking him, worshipping him. I want to suggest to you the pathway to God's presence, the pathway to the character of God, the pathway <coughs> that will release the real life that he wants us to have is that simple word. You've had it. <coughs> if you're a parent, or even you might remember as a child, someone coming along and giving you something and saying, come on, what's the secret word? Before they let go of it. And that secret word, your parents are waiting for the child to say, thank you. Because you see, gratitude, a thankful heart, is something that releases life. It releases a presence. It releases something in us. Whilst I was away, I was reading a book. I encourage you to read it if you can get hold of it. It's called The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Sullenberg. Interesting, he's a motivational speaker. And a gentleman that, as a young teacher, wanted to help students and later on, it end up sports, um, uh, sports clubs and that to actually help through some of that anxiety, that, that mental illness that we quite often face. And on his search to finding what that might be, and if you read the book, you hear some great stories about Collingwood Footy Club and the cricket, and unfortunately it must work because Collingwood beat our West Australian team last weekend, which we won't talk about that. But... He, this guy, Hugh, goes over to India with his partner. And whilst they're in India, 
They were moved by the, the excitement of these kids wanting to go to school and being a school teacher. He was impressed by that. They decided to take on a, a school. It was up near the Himalayas, just outside of Kashmir. And whilst they were in this village, he tells the story about how four students came along and they, they go to this school, they're going to be the school teacher, and these four students are going to host them and usher them around the school. Well, they rush going around the school and they come to the playground. And there was this old um, swing. It was rusty. All it had was a couple of chains that were uneven. There was the seats had been broken off. And the kids came along and I can't say the foot. So all they said was, look, sir, is, look, is, look, is. And he's going, what? Thinking that they were suggesting that look at this broken down piece of rubbish. But they were so excited about this swing. And then they said, come, come. And they go over and he has a look at this seesaw that also is rusty and the wood's rotten away and it's painted in, in weird colours. And they were so excited about this play stuff. The kids went and they went on the swings upside down and the chains going backwards and forwards. And a young boy by the name of Stanson who really impacted Hugh's life and he stood there and he with his thumbs up and he says, do kids in your country, do schools in your country have this? Now, Hugh thought, well, he was about to say, well, actually, what we have is, you want to see what we have. And then he suddenly realised that this young boy, Stanton, he didn't want someone to show off. He was just excited about what he had. So Hugh said, yeah, they do. And he says, oh, I'm so happy for them. I'm so pleased that they've got something like this, which left you with this question, which is a question that we have to ask, that here in a country that has so much, yet we can be so bound with, with worry and anxiety and, and wanting more, we've lost the key of gratefulness that releases life and releases something in us. And it's not unusual because see, the Bible talks so much about this. There was an Austrian monk. If you go on to a TED Talks, you'll hear this Austrian monk named David um, Steindonrust. Have a look at him. He does a fantastic talk on gratefulness. And in it, he, he starts to talk about you know, what gratefulness is and how it's so important for us to grow in that. But he makes this comment. He says, in daily life, it's not happiness that makes us grateful, but it's gratefulness that makes us happy. Just, just, imagine, just put that into context for a moment. We think, if I'm happy, I'm going to be grateful. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy. But what if you turned it around? What if gratefulness caused you to be happy? because you're confident and you're comfortable in where you're at. He says this, he says, there are two things that we are usually grateful for. There are two things. He says, that which is valuable and that which is given to us. He expands that a little bit more. He says, that which is valuable and that which is given to us that cost us nothing, that you couldn't earn, that was given to you freely, Man, that sounds like a Bible truth to me, that 
We believe as Christians anyway that Jesus gave his life to us for nothing in return. He gave it. We don't deserve it. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't do anything for it. It's given to you and it's the most valuable thing anyone could give is his life. Mate, that's something to be grateful for. And if we could learn to really step into a grateful heart, a thankful heart, I wonder what life would come out of us. There was a study that was written about gratefulness and this is how it described it. Listen to this. It says, gratitude is universally considered as a basic foundation for a better, happier life. Some of its benefits include making one more optimistic, spiritual, resilient, relaxed, friendlier, less materialistic and less self-centred and envious, causing one to have more self-esteem, better sleep, happier memories, a better marriage, more friends, deeper relationships, more energy. My goodness, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want any of that? And if gratitude has the ability to release that, maybe we need to find out, how do I live a life of gratitude? How do I live a life that has an attitude of gratitude? Because if I could... maybe some of that worry, some of that anxiety could disappear. Because they actually have proven that when you practice gratitude, it impacts physically your brain. In fact, they reckon that dopamine, that uh, chemical in our brain that makes us happy is released. And it's released when they've proven when people speak out and live in gratitude. In fact, they did an experiment or did a, a research in this in the uh, university in Indiana. And what they did was they got a group of people and they actually got them to practice every day in the morning and at night being, being grateful, just living a life of gratitude. They took a, a sample, they took an X-ray of their brains and, uh, and also another group that they didn't ask them to do this. And they had these two groups do this, one working on gratitude and the other one not. And after a few weeks, they went and tested them again and they discovered this brain structure had grown and was different in those that had practiced gratitude was so much more than those that hadn't. Here's an interesting thing. They also discovered that after a period of time, they went back and measured that again and discovered that that didn't change over a period of time. (coughs) So in other words, gratitude in our brains is a little bit like a muscle. And if you exercise that muscle, it grows. But it lasts for a period of time. So how do we grow in an attitude of gratitude? (coughs) How can we actually build that character? I reckon there's a guy that could help us out with that. His name's Paul the Apostle. And he was around just after Christ had died. And he was a, a guy that was really... Um, they're championing for Jesus and championing for the church and grew the church. And because of that, he lived a pretty tough life. He, was, he had a lot taken away from him because of his desire to preach about this newfound life he'd discovered in Jesus. And he was in a prison many a time. 
And this particular time in Colossians, he was writing to a group of, of people in Colossia. And he makes this statement, and I want to read it to you, because in here, I think, Paul would actually give us some keys in how to grow a, a heart, a muscle, a life of gratitude that would release the real life that Christ would have for us. It says it in here, Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And then it says, and be thankful. Verse 16 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And the third thing he says in verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here it is again, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So the first thing is this. He starts off with 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. What rules your heart? You see, what rules your heart, and when they talk about the heart, that's the, the, your inner emotions, your inner person. What rules it? Does it? Is it ruled by greed? Is it ruled by bitterness? Is it ruled by bad experiences? Are those the things that are determining the condition of your heart? Is it maybe uh, materialism? Is it just wanting more, 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 achievement, achievement? Does that rule my heart? You see, he says here, let the peace of God rule your heart. In Philippians 4, which is another letter that uh, this same guy Paul wrote, he says, be anxious about nothing, but through everything, through prayer and supplication, give your requests to God. And it says that the peace of God, the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding, so there's a peace of God that's not just a magic wand. It's not just something that just drops. It's something that wants to rule. In other words, determine the condition of our heart. And so the first thing is when we actually say, God, here is who I am. And instead of all the things of the world determining my future, I want your peace. I want your love. I want who you are. And we would invite you to try that out sometime. You'll be surprised when you drop off all those other things that are determining how you feel and let a God of peace determine how you feel. Wow, something happens in here because, you see, thankfulness comes out of a heart of peace. I'm at peace with who I am. I'm at peace with the world around me. I'm at peace with God himself. And when there's peace in your heart, you can't help but flow out a thankfulness. It was actually Charles Dickens who said this. He said, reflect upon your present blessings of which every man has plenty, not on your past misfortunes of which all men have some. Charles Dickens understood that. And, and what he's saying here is, is 
Don't let those things, that, those misfortunes, determine the condition of who you are. But hey, those things that are good and great, those things that God has given you, he's given you a day. Try this every day. Get up and thank God for five things that he's given you. Air in your lungs, a family, friends, a job, or whatever, time. Look at the things you can be thankful for, not for the things that you are missing out on. You'd be surprised. A peace in your heart starts to rule and determine you. Then he goes on to say this in verse 16. He said that the message of Christ dwell among you. Here's the next question. What's your internal conversation? Is your internal conversation that internal message? That's why we need to be, find friends and others that talk life into who we are, not death. And that's why Paul here is saying, get people around to talk about God and about his greatness and about who he is and his love never ends and he's got a future for you. And, and those conversations, they grow inside me and it becomes an internal conversation that determines a sense of gratitude. And all of a sudden, I meditate on those things. If I meditate on those things, that internal conversation, then all of a sudden gratitude starts to flow. See, when you build a habit of gratitude and thankfulness, especially to the God of creation who made all things, who's got all things, let me tell you, this gratitude just bubbles up inside you. And I encourage you every day, meditate on the things of God. Find those things and look around. And you'll discover them. They're everywhere if you stop and look. And if you just wait upon God and you become mindful of his presence and mindful of his handiwork and mindful that he's actually with you, a great, a, this gratefulness grows in you. But then he goes on further, and this is the crunch. So it starts with peace that rules in your heart. It starts with a reflection of an internal conversation. But then in verse 17, he says this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks. Can you see that giving thanks also comes and is reflected out of what you do? You've been in places, I know I have, where you know grumpy people around you, people that just can find fault in everything. People that are, are looking for, for problems, looking for conspiracy theories, looking for the negatives. And, and after a while, it just sucks your energy out of you. And, and when you've got people around you, always wanting more, always complaining about life, always allowing their, their frustrations rule their hearts. Oh, man, it changes the atmosphere. But you bring someone in who's full of gratitude into your life, into your house, into your office. Wow. It just brings, it releases something that is full of life and energy. Says this in uh, John Ortenberg, is a great preacher and writer. He said, this gratitude is the ability to experience life as a gift. It liberates us from the prison of self preoccupation. You see, when we have a gratitude which 
which wants to express the gift that we've got, it actually takes us away from this prison that binds us up, that's all about me and what I haven't got and what I should have and, and what you have and I haven't got. And it just takes that prison and releases the real you, the real person that makes a difference with those around you. I wanted to read a story today, to you today and I left this little story at home but it was in our little flyer that we give out and it was a young guy who is down in our program in Esperance at our rehab. It's a beautiful story and I, and I can try and remember the words. But this young fella, he lived a life that hurt his family. He, he was lost in drugs and uh, when you have a child that is lost in drugs, it impacts the whole family. It breaks the parents' heart. The siblings have to live with the concentration on that. And he knew that his life had sucked life out of his family. He came to our rehab looking pretty bad. But there's one thing that changed this young guy's heart. And what changed his heart was a little lamb. It sounds weird. This is young 21-year-old, buffy-looking, buffy-looking fellow that was full of, you know, he looked pretty rough and tough. And yet there was this lamb that had been disconnected from its parents, from its mum especially, and, and really it was lost. So he said, can I look after it? He took this lamb in and he learned how to feed it. He got it, someone showed him what to do. And he gave his time to this lamb. And this is his words. He said, this little lamb taught me how to love again. You see, it took the attention off himself and put his attention on this, this rejected lamb. And this lamb changed his life to the point where now he just wants to give back to his family. You see, when we give a life of gratitude, it doesn't just impact us and release new life in us. It, re it reflects on how we respond to others around us. You know, God calls us to a place of gratitude. And he wants us to actually learn to live in that place. Colossians 2.11 says, You are rooted and built up. That you are rooted and built up and established in the faith just as you were taught about abounding in thankfulness. In other words, he's saying this is the essence. When you actually discover that there is a God who not only created you and made you everything you are, who gave his son, Jesus Christ, as a gift to you because you're valuable, but you don't deserve it and you can't make it happen. You go, God, I want to learn to live grateful for the life you've given me. And let me guarantee you, when you start to live in a place of gratefulness, the world will change around you. You open your whole heart and your whole being to, to a whole new world. So here's a couple of things to do every day. Get up. Find five things you can be thankful for. When you go to bed, find five, five things you can be thankful for. Do that for a week. Maybe spend time and meditate on the things of, of God and just look around to see the greatness of God and allow yourself to be thankful for that. You do that for five days. I reckon you will discover that your life starts to become alive again and you release something of God. You actually enter his, his gates 
with thankfulness and praise. Trust you do that. And if you don't know Jesus, make sure. Because I tell you what, when you discover him, you discover something amazing. And I'd love you to discover him. So make sure that you pursue that. Go on to the app. Email us. Find out about how you can discover this new life, this life of gratitude in Christ, because it will give you a fresh and new life. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.